Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Praying Through the Bible podcast, based on the books of the same name. I'm Dr. Marcus McDowell, and through this series, we'll explore every mention of prayer in the Old and New Testaments. Thank you for joining me. Today we're looking at one of the more unusual types of prayers. This is a prayer vow, and this is the first one that occurs in the Bible. It uh, occurs in Genesis 28, verses 20 through 22. Uh, This is Jacob making this vow, and here's how the passage reads. If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace... Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give one-tenth to you. Now, in the modern world, or at least in the modern Western world, we don't offer many prayer vows. Uh, Many of us may not even know what a prayer vow sounds like. Yet there are many of them in the Bible, and there are two here in Genesis. A vow is a special kind of prayer wherein the offerer makes a promise to do something. Rather than asking for something or thanking God for something or praising him or offering a confession, a vow says, God, I will do this for you. Prayer vows don't only occur in ancient Judaism. Babylonians, Canaanites, Greeks, and Romans all offered prayer vows. These usually asked a god or a goddess for some benefit and then pledged to do something in return, such as offering a sacrifice or giving money to a temple. There are several prayer vows in Homer's Iliad uh, by Greek men pledging to Athena that that she will give them victory in battle. The Roman Claudius Appius raised his hands to heaven and prayed, Bellona, grant me victory this day, and a temple shall be yours. Often, an offering was made in conjunction with the vow, often called votive offerings. Vows in the Old Testament are similar to these in form and function, though sometimes nothing is act of God. A vow is a statement of intention. For example, a Nazarite vow is a special vow that one makes to refrain from cutting one's hair, drinking wine, or being around unclean things for 30 days. Some of the prayer vows in the Bible seem positive and constructive. Others seem a bit selfish. For example, in 1 Samuel 1, Hannah makes a vow that if God will give her a son, she will dedicate him to God's service. That child became the great prophet and leader of Israel, Samuel. She gave up the son for God because he gave him to her. Yet on the other hand, here's a vow that Jephthah makes before battle, and it turns out to be a terrible mistake because he made a rash promise to sacrifice the first thing that greeted him when he came home. That first thing turned out to be his daughter. There are firm commands in the Bible that if you offer a vow, you better keep it. For instance, look at Psalm 66, verses 13 through 20, or Malachi 1, verse 14. We should be care not to make a rash or a secular vow as we are doing so, much like Jephthah did. Here, Jacob's vow occurs near the beginning of a long narrative about him. All through the story until the end, Jacob is rather selfish and deceitful. And in fact, this vow that he offers, it does sound like he's trying to manipulate God. He's worried about his safety. And so he prays, if you'll be with me and bless me, then I'll take you as my God. Notice that the vow comes second. First, he asks God to be with him. 
this is really backwards from most proper vows. In other words, you can be my God if you'll give me something first. It's an improper prayer vow. Yet, God blesses him anyway. And it is clear that he blesses him in spite of the vow and not because of it. That was God's plan all along because he had chosen Jacob. But at the end of the story, Jacob does keep his vow. The place where he made that vow later became a famous sanctuary known as Bethel, or Bethel, which means the house of God. Some of us might think that making such a prayer vow sounds like making a deal with God, and we've been told that bargaining with God is improper. This probably comes from such stories such as the one about Jephthah, or because Jesus says we should not put God to the test. But the Bible contains more positive examples of vows than negative. The emphasis is often on the actions of the one making the vow. If your primary purpose of the vow is to get something you want, then it could be improper. The instructions about the Nazarite vows and and Hannah's vow for a son are good examples. Another is Nehemiah's call to the Jews to keep their marriages within their own people. He asks them to make a vow to God, but doesn't suggest that they ask anything from him in return. A prayer vow stands as a symbol of the offerer's dedication to God. Any response we request in return is just like a petition. He may or may not grant it. So what kind of vows can we make to God? They don't have to be something noble or difficult. Maybe we might vow to just pray five times today. Maybe we adopt one of the vows we find in Scripture. For example, the Nazarite vow lasts 30 days. Refrain from drinking alcohol, from cutting your hair and shaving and do not go near dead bodies during that time. The purpose of that vow was to focus on the holiness of life and one's dedication to God. Another idea, if you're married, you and your spouse could vow to forego sexual activity for a period of time and focus on prayer instead. Paul actually mentions this kind of vow in 1 Corinthians. So the practice of self-denial, for example, during Lent, is intended to help one focus on the meaning of the cross and the sacrifice that Jesus made. All of these are appropriate biblical ways of practicing the discipline of prayer vows. So you might do something like writing in a prayer journal or in a notebook about your experience in praying a vow and your ability to keep it. Note what that experience was like and how it felt. Reintroducing this spiritual practice of a prayer vow is an excellent way to enrich your prayer life and to renew your dedication to God. So we'll read some more later, but for now, you can try these examples of vows. If you've enjoyed this study and would like more resources, visit the website at www.prayingthroughthebible.com. That's T-H-R-U through. You can also search Amazon, Kindle, and the Apple iBooks store for books of devotionals. Check the links below or in the program notes for more. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening. See the notes accompanying this podcast for more information. Learn more about the Praying Through the Bible Project on our website, prayingthroughthebible.com. That's T-H-R-U. If you are a subscriber, thank you. If not, please consider becoming one. Feel free to get in touch through the comments or on our website. Until next time, blessings on all of you.